Hello and welcome to Let It Be. This is episode seven. So, Brooke, do you have an inner mean girl? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> She's very mean. It's funny, I actually didn't have a term for it um, for many years, and I don't know where I first heard it, uh, but it's the perfect summation of this really nasty bitch who lives inside my head and does not leave me alone. Um, It's something that I've battled with for years, since I was in primary school. I've always had massive insecurities and you know, really low confidence and self-esteem and I it's an it's kind of annoying because I don't necessarily come across that way mm-hmm. but she's just in there and sometimes it's like she's screaming inside my head and it's so hard to keep doing whatever I'm doing and ignore her um you know and I'm I'm getting better at dealing with her like much 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 better uh to a point where I can usually acknowledge that she's there and this is what she's doing like she's just doing her thing but she still gets to me significantly um in two kind of like arenas I guess the thing that I notice the most now and I guess it's because of what I'm doing work-wise doing workshops and speaking and that sort of thing but even having conversations like this podcast or an interview or something with someone else Mm -hmm. she's just in the back of my head sneering at me you know no one wants to hear this you sound so dumb everyone is so bored by what you're saying why don't you just stop talking let the interesting person speak get off the stage you know and I find myself um, getting more and more aware of it and I become more and more self-aware which then brings this horrible awkwardness and I blush and I stammer and I get all sweaty which makes it even worse you know so that's probably the the time now that she uh, impacts me the most severely still. Would you say so when you are making yourself vulnerable, that's when she really pipes up? Yeah, I think it's, it's that part of it. But most of all, it's when um, I put myself in a position where I'm telling people things and mm. it's a worthiness thing or, a, yeah. you know, like you don't know what you're talking about. Why would they want to listen to you? You're an idiot. You have what you're saying. Like, it's the imposter syndrome. Like, yeah. Dial it up to 11, yep. you know. <laughs> Um, so I think it's more when I either on purpose or inadvertently find myself giving advice or sharing information that people might want to hear or they want to know my, my thoughts on it's like, she's, she gets really angry. She's like, no, no, you don't, you don't get to do that. You don't, you're not worth worthy of their time or, you know, they don't really want to hear what you have to say because you're an idiot. Uh, oh, you know. I want to beat her up. That's horrible. It's yeah, it's like it's exhausting, and like that. This is me being completely brutally honest. You know, I don't normally talk about this kind of stuff because, you know, and here it goes again because it feels like oh, well, get over it. You'll be fine. Um, but it's a real, it's a real, it's a massive issue because, as you it say, is. it's it's a confidence thing and it's a worthiness thing, and those are two things that we kind of really need (laughs) in order to so I I kind of preach on a little bit about being our best selves and when we're able to be our best selves um, 
and bring the best of ourselves to the world. We're able to serve the world in the very best possible way, in the in the way that the world most needs from us. And I know that's very that's my INFJ idealist really coming out. Um, but you know, I generally think that, and you know, I'd, I'd be flabbergasted if it wasn't true. Um, but yeah, when people have this voice in this head in their head, that imposter syndrome voice, that mean girl voice, it's it's really impacting on their ability to relax enough to bring the best of themselves mm-hmm. to the world. And so that's why um, I get really upset when I hear about stuff like this because, yeah, I just – because I, I guess I can see the worthiness in everybody around me and I know people like you, Brooke, who that voice – like I think you've managed to actually tell that voice to shut up well enough to be able to get out and do your stuff and bring the best of yourself in the world to the world. But I know people – who have not been able to do that. Um, and I just kind of want to, I want to shake them, but now I kind of see that it's not them that I should be shaking. It, it's that mean girl in yeah. their head that I should be giving a shake and saying, just shut up, let her get on with what she does best and stop telling her that she's not good at it. Um, because, yeah, when you first raised this topic with me, um, I found it a bit interesting because I was like, oh, I don't know. I'm not going to be able to talk about this because I don't have a mean girl in my head. Um, I'm, for whatever reason, uh, relatively confident, not even relatively, I'm just a confident person. Um, I've never never questioned, you know, my ability to do something or my worthwhileness in doing something. And I don't know why because those thoughts do on occasion enter my head and then I kind of just go, whatever, like go away, go sit, in the, go sit in the box somewhere. I'm doing this thing and I don't really care. I don't care whether people like it or not. It's just me doing what I do. Um, and I don't know why I'm like that because I'd really like to bottle it and give it to some people. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like some. Th- yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know why I'm like that, but it just is that way. But that said, um, I did go do some research on Mean Girls, Inner Mean Girls, because – I wanted to have something to talk about. Um, and I found this article on the Huffington Post by Christine Aurelio. Um, and she kind of laid out some mean girls that I had never really thought about. So I just think about mean girl as that imposter syndrome type person. Um, and I'm quite good at shutting her up. But she um, talked about the achievement junkie, <clears throat> which made me go, oh, okay. Um, the doing addict. The person always has to be doing something. And I was like, um, hmm, yeah, okay. Um, the good girl, who is literally has to be the good girl. The worry wart, which we talked about in the last episode and everybody knows that I'm I'm an Olympic-level warrior. <laughs> um, and the invincible superwoman. So I was like, here I am thinking I didn't have this inner mean girl and actually I've got about seven in my head that I'm dealing with and like so all many the time. And like so many of sort of – they're not necessarily so much like the the nasty high school voice of you know of you ca- of cattiness, yeah, <laughs> yeah. but um, self sabotaging as well. Like, yes, you know, and I think they're definitely from what you've spoken about in the last few episodes. Like that's more what it's not self sabotaging as in it stops you from even trying, but you throw yourself into things so you know, so enthusiastically and energetically and then you kind of tap into this invincible superwoman, um, you know what I mean? And you, you An you, invincible superwoman always falls in a heap yeah. at some stage. Yeah, that's like right because she's not – It's even- just a guarantee because there's no such thing as invincible superwoman. Yeah. 
So, yeah, and I definitely agree. And I know, actually, I will say one thing quickly about confidence. And um, like you, I suffer from postnatal depression with my second um, child. And that was a real um, eye-opener for me because what PND did was it just shattered my confidence. Mm. I... I didn't ha- – I-, I tell people this story sometimes. They kind of look at me like, what? Um, but like I remember my son coming to me one day and he goes, yeah, you can have a glass of milk, mummy. And I said to him, um, ask you, can you ask your dad? Because I didn't actually have – I didn't know if it was okay for him to have mm. a glass of milk. I did not have the confidence to say with certainty one way or the other, yes or no. Like that's kind of where I got to and that was um, – a really weird place to me to be having my confidence having been something that was like just a real pillar of my personality my whole life and to have that taken away that was really eye-opening for me and it was a really long way back from there and it was fighting a lot of those voices that you spoke about before where um so I was telling you before we started recording that somewhere in that period in time that I did develop a voice and in the end the only way that I could deal with her is I gave her a name um, and her name was Sonia (laughs) and whenever it started she started speaking up in my head I would just kind of step back and go shut up Sonia and then just kind of carry on (laughs) and I you know I'm not saying this is going to work for everyone but fully worked for me Um, and it just kind of helped me get through that that dodgy period in my time. Yeah, I I really, I mean, I would, I need to do that. I need to name (laughs) this in a mean girl and tell her to shut up. But it's really interesting that you kind of, the way you described it, how you had the confidence and then it became sort of undermined because of your postnatal depression. And then that's when she kind of, Sonia worked her way into your head. Mm. My, my, (laughs) um, my experience was kind of, I never really felt particularly confident, um, and the postnatal depression was uh, my inner mean girl was kind of like, see, I told you, you know, this would happen. I know, like, you know, obviously this was going to happen. You're worthless, you know. So it kind of played into the the worst of my inner dialogue. And it's like, well, of course this is what's happened because you suck, you know. Mm-hmm. So that it actually compounded it, I think. And it wasn't until, um, and I'll talk about like sort of some of the things that I've done over the last five years to to really strengthen my resolve in dealing with it and it's so 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 much better than it used to be because it just used to be exhausting like I would just have running dialogue in my head constantly about how shit I was at everything and you know to try and live <laughs> while you're oh, dealing well, with having that. to push through that and actually ach- just achieve anything when you've got that message playing on high repeat in your head I can exhausting probably isn't even the word I just can't even imagine how tiring that would be because you just because it's a battle in your head constantly isn't it it's this person going you suck and you're going no I don't like I can do this and it's worthwhile what I'm doing and they're going no no you know you really do suck you suck and no one wants (laughs) to hear this and you know you're a horrible parent and you're a terrible friend and look at you look at yourself you know um it was just exhausting (laughs) oh my god and do you feel it um do you feel it uh, changed how you presented yourself to the world? Do you, did you feel like you were kind of in a shell a bit, a oh, shell so of you, of who you were? So much. Yeah, it's really interesting because I've kind of also got this, um, like there's this real paradox, this internal paradox where like, no, but I am creative and I do have good ideas. And, you know, if only I had the opportunity to get out from under this heavy weight of 
negativity, I would be able to kind of um, present these things to the world. And so I, it, like inside there was always this kernel of self-belief. But Like you knew, you knew your potential and yeah. you knew it. You knew that there was something really amazing there wanting to come out. um, And I would never say that about myself, but I I knew that there was this kernel of something there that if only, you know, if only. And it wasn't until I took control of that if only um, that it kind of all started to to unfold and, you know, to draw the analogy out further, like the kernel was able to kind of, you know, expand and slowly germinate. (laughs) Like a seed, slowly growing and making its way towards the sunlight. (laughs) That's exactly how I would have put it. You're more poetic than I am. Um, Yeah, but it was, it's, it's, so it's kind of this weird, um, you know, this outward, I guess, show of positivity of 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 coping i'd say did you overcompensate yes i always wanted to look like i was coping it was never okay for me to look like i wasn't okay um you know so i would not accept help i would always how are you oh i'm good big smile on my face yeah everything's great a little bit tired but you know um (laughs) i was always i always tried to present that veneer of being okay uh because not being okay was horrible um, you know, it was fail. It was failure. And yeah. It was kind of that was me just giving in and going. Yep, you're right. I do suck. See, I suck completely. Uh, so then there was like this under layer which was really thick, and that was just this horrible self talk, just constant self talk. But then right in the middle of it was just this tiny little pocket of, hang on, you know, I do have something to say, and I feel like if I could just get rid of this negative self talk, maybe. I'd be able to say it. Um, and it's- how much? Um, how much did external validation? I mean, a lot of people talk about you shouldn't need external validation. Mm-hmm. You should just be in love with yourself. But I, I think that's crap. Um, I think we all need external validation from somewhere to mm-hmm. feel worthy. Like, so were you? Did you seek out external validation, or did you? Yeah, I get did. it. I, I, I did. I, <laughs> I sought it out by berating myself um (laughs) you know hoping that someone would go oh she's really hurting I'm going to praise her and make her feel better um whereas what that actually did was make me feel worse because I was saying Uh out loud all the things that you know my inner voice was telling myself um but that was me and I understand that now like I have the presence of mind and the the understanding of where I was at to see that what I was doing was desperately searching for praise and validation like I would just berate myself about my parenting skills for example hoping that whoever I was speaking to would say but that's not true because your kids are you know they're happy and they're well adjusted and you know all these other things and like sometimes I got it but it never felt like I actually deserved never it because feel I was like looking the real for deal. it anyway oh no <laughs> yeah so it wasn't until like I definitely do blossom with a bit of praise from people who I care about uh, and people whose opinion I really value that does um, lift me up so do you think there there's a a better way to seek external validation like a more I don't know if the word's genuine but a oh, I don't know what the word is but is there a cuz I yeah I firmly firmly believe we need it if we if people don't have external validation like legitimate genuine true external validation like the unconditional love of their husband and children etc um or you know their mum and dad yeah if you don't have that 
you're really going to struggle mm. to feel like a worthwhile person. So would you say there's – because you're saying the way that you sought it was not the best way and then you, when you got it, you weren't able to believe in it. So when did you reach a point where you could actually legitimately believe in what people were telling you about yourself? Um, part of it was when I was going through counselling um, – you know, with my postnatal depression, I saw a psychiatrist and a psychologist. And so part of it was just unpacking how I felt about myself in mm. a safe kind of space. Um, and, you know, the two ladies that who I saw with ridiculous regularity for a very long time um, <laughs> were really supportive, um, but not like they wouldn't blow smoke up my ass. It was just, you know, they're saying, but you are doing these things and you are doing well. And, you know, um, they kind of, I guess helped me open my eyes to the praise that I was already getting, which was unconditional love and support and, you know, people genuinely asking how I am and genuinely offering help. And I guess it was when I paid attention to those things that I started to feel like the support and the praise was genuine. It wasn't just coming because I was moping around and saying how much I sucked, you know, it was. And then someone felt sorry for you. So they thought they'd give you a little bit of a boost. Exactly, And that's why I feel like asking for praise or really seeking it out or kind of wheedling and looking for it is, is not necessarily a positive thing. And that's what I was doing. So even when I got the praise, I'm like, yeah, but you're just saying that. (laughs) So you probably, so you're kind of saying you really have to be in a, in a good place yourself and where you're able to actually open your eyes yeah. and see the praise that's there rather than actually go. So you, you, you've got to put stuff out into the world because otherwise you're not going to get anything back. So it's a matter of having enough confidence to just put stuff out into the world and then being in a good enough place yourself that you're able to accept the good stuff that comes with that. Yeah, and that took me a really long time to figure that out. Um, but once I did and it's still something I struggle with constantly um but once I did I was able to at least accept um you know the the good that was coming back and not actively throw it away or throw it back in yeah. the person's face because you're just saying that um yeah so I think that that really was the beginning of where I started to fight back I guess yeah and I guess but what probably people like I mean I say I'm coming from a point of view of someone who's got lots of confidence has always had confidence but that's not to say that I've never had my confidence knocked out of me by a situation which is usually a rejection like um yes to say the other day I was looking for a quote for my book I just needed um and I found who I thought was just really the perfect person to give me at that like one little quote that I was looking for and then they kind of said no thanks and I was like oh um which of course started a whole dialogue of oh my god this book's gonna be shit no one wants no one's gonna want to read it like why am I even writing and I had to kind of catch myself and go whoa 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 that that was one little rejection because I was just thinking from the point of view of like you know someone like you might get themselves into quite a good place um and able to accept the validation but when you're putting stuff out there into the world it's not all validation there's just there's going to be people who don't like what you do so how do you deal with say um the you know i know you've said with your podcast with the slow your home podcast you know you've you've gotten some very honest feedback so how do you deal with that very (laughs) honest feedback (laughs) Uh, i've had to like it's, it's something that i'm actually teaching myself to do because it doesn't come naturally to deal with it other than to get upset so I'm I'm kind of learning to 
read the email, feel offended (laughs) (laughs) because that's, that's my natural response when someone's kind of ripping to shreds this thing that you do and you do it with love and you do it because you enjoy it and you put it out there because you want to help people. And 95% of the people who consume it get something from it. Yeah. You know, you, you occasionally get feedback and I'm not against feedback. It's just, it, I can't help but feel affronted when someone is kind of ripping it to shreds in front of me. Um, Especially because you kind of wonder what they motivate. I mean, that's where I come from. It was yeah. like, when I read something like that, I, I do get offended and I get a bit hurt and I step away and then I go back to it and I go, I wonder what would make someone write something like that. <laughs> like, yeah, and I think, you know, there's probably two things. Either they want to feel better about themselves and um, and – that helps, I guess. I don't know. But mm. then there's also the possibility that they genuinely do want to help you because they care about what you're doing and, you know. So yeah. I think um, it's – I just allow myself 24 hours to feel hurt, annoyed, offended, angry, whatever. Um, don't judge that feeling. And then after that, like, okay, you felt like that. They've said this. Go back and read it again. See, there might be a nugget of, you know, truth mm. or something helpful in what they've said. And it's then always less worse on the um, on the second Definitely. reading, isn't it? <laughs> Definitely. But not straight away. I think on the second no. reading straight away, the things that really hurt your feelings seem like they're bigger and bolder and like they're screaming at you, you know, and my inner mean girl's going, see, I told you, I told you this is what would happen. <laughs> um, you know, so I think give it a bit of space, give it a bit of air, go back to it when you're not so hot-headed about it. Um, and then just let it go. Either either respond, which I very rarely do unless it's, you know, constructive and mm. maybe difficult to to deal with yeah. but helpful, um, I'll respond. But otherwise I just let it go. Like, that's okay. There's a whole world of people and some of them aren't going to like me and that is perfectly fine and great because, you know, the world would be really boring if we're all the same. So I think I tell myself those things and over time I actually begin to believe them uh, and that's kind of how I do it without – letting it crush me <laughs> and it's a, you know you talk about I think we've spoken maybe about this before about this it all comes down to the stories we tell ourselves yes. as well so we've got that inner mean girl telling us stuff but we do also tell ourselves stories yep. um, and I guess the beauty and, and you've kind of made note of this is that the beauty of those stories is that we totally have the power to change them and it's that whole like it feels really cringy but it's that whole affirmation thing of standing in front of the mirror every morning and going you are a good writer, Kelly. Kelly, no, you are a good writer, <laughs> you know. And, you know, it's it sounds cringy and stupid, but seriously, if you do that every single morning, every single day of the week, it it does filter into you and it does boost your self-worth. So have you um, – what are some of the things that you've done you, that you feel have worked really well for getting you to where you are now? Um, so, yeah, understanding that these are stories that we tell ourselves and, you know, the inner mean girl, the nasty negative inner dialogue, they're the worst ones. You know, they're the worst stories that we tell ourselves. And I think understanding that, that it's in some capacity self, um, self-produced self was kind of helpful because, like, well, if I'm producing it, then maybe I could tell a different story. Mm. Um, so I think part of it is the confidence that has come with age, like I'm in my 30s now and I love my 30s so much more than I love my 20s. <laughs> and I'm not just saying that because yeah. 30-something is awesome. Um, I genuinely feel much more at ease in myself in most ways, not always. Um, so I think part of it is that. And um, 
the other part, I guess, well, there's, there's two other things that I do and they're sort of related. Um, I spend time, I I really hate this saying, (laughs) filling my cup. (laughs) I just, I hate it. I don't know why. It just makes me go, "Eh." um, (laughs) But let's just use it, you know, because it's kind of fitting. It's a bit um, too woo for you, Brooke. Yeah, it kind of is. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I, so I, I do my morning pages every morning. I sit down, I get up at about half past five, a bit earlier, and I have already got my, my journal and my pen set up on the table. Mm-hmm. And I sit down. The first thing I do is write longhand three pages of anything and everything, whatever comes to mind. Like, it's, I, I don't allow the pen to leave the page. Um, it's just stream of consciousness. And if I have nothing to write, I say I have nothing to write until, <laughs> yeah. something, comes into my <laughs> until something comes out. And it, it comes, it inevitably comes out. So the first, because um, I've just sort of the beginning of this year, I really started this in earnest again. I used to do it a few years ago um, and have sporadically done it in the interim. But this year, it's the thing that I'm doing. It's the the habit that I'm introducing first this year. Uh, and the first week or so. Um, I don't tend to go back and read over what I've written because I feel like mm. that's counterproductive. Um, but I've noticed that the first week's content was kind of really nasty and snarky and um, all the things that I should have done and haven't done or all the things that you know I'm failing at or I'm worried about or I need to do or I should do. Uh, and I recognised after about a week that I started to feel mentally lighter mm-hmm. and this voice got less loud in my head once it was out on the page it wasn't as nasty it wasn't as um damaging it wasn't as loud it was just words on a page and I found that putting it out there was the equivalent of me letting it go and then um I started to finish off my third page by writing something nice about myself Mm, and (laughs) um, which is so counterintuitive for me like that it was really hard. I felt, I'm pretty sure I was blushing the first time. I did. <laughs> um, so, you know, I started and it might've just been something like, I'm proud of you or whatever, you know, um, you're doing a good job, something as simple as that or as broad as that. Yeah. And it really helped. And that first day that I did it, I felt happy with myself. You know, I felt the warmth of that nice thing that I'd said to myself, continue to radiate throughout the day uh and that was enough for me to realize that um you know that this is something that I should be doing every day so I guess that's that's they're probably the main ways that I you know I'm I'm combating it um there's a book called super you um release your inner superhero by an awesome woman named Emily Gordon um and it's sort of just talking about telling ourselves a different story and understanding that those stories, those origin stories are things that we have made up. Mm-hmm. We actively can change them. You know, we actively can write different stories or write a different ending. Um, so I know if, if anyone's kind of interested in that sort of idea, I would recommend reading that book as well. Um, yeah. But I don't yeah. Know. I love that. I love, I love the fact that, yeah, we, we are ultimately in control of the stories in our head and we are ultimately in control of being able to change those to much more positive stories. And I love, you know, as a self-confessed control freak, I've mentioned that a few times, um, I love the control that that gives me over my life. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Let It Be. If you want to connect with Kelly or myself, you can find us on social media. Kelly is at Kelly Exeter on Twitter. And on Facebook, if you search for A Life Less Frantic, you will find her there. And on uh, Twitter, I'm at Brooke McCallery. And on Facebook, I'm at Slow Your Home. And uh, if you wanted to either reach out to us on Twitter, you can use hashtag Let It Be Pod. Or uh, head over to letitbe.fm and you can find our show notes and other information about the show. And finally, if you wanted or felt you know, the desire to leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, that would be wonderful. And um, you know, we, we read them all and we appreciate you taking the time to listen and then uh, tell us what you think. Jackrabbit FM. For your ears. Who is that? Hi, podcast.